Well, folks, it's time for another Astronomy Without a Telescope, and this time, Durney's going to read it. Hi, my name is Durney, and I don't have a cheap astronomy website. I don't even have a telescope. So it's maybe fitting that Steve asked me to record an episode of Astronomy Without a Telescope, as he's kind of busy with his PhD. So, here we go. Time for Astronomy Without a Telescope. Bubbleology. One model of a hypothetical multiverse has, perhaps appropriately, some similarity to a glass of beer. Imagine an eternal false vacuum. That's a bit like a fluid, though not all that much like a fluid, since it doesn't have volume. In fact, it doesn't have any spatial dimensions. Then imagine that this eternal false vacuum expands. This sounds rather contradictory, since expansion implies there are spatial dimensions. But a string theorist will assure you that it all happens at the sub-Planck scale, where lots of immeasurable and unknowable things can happen. And after a few more drinks, you might be willing to go along with this. So, next, we introduce bubbles to the false vacuum. The bubbles, which are essentially independent baby universes, are true vacuums and can rationally and reasonably expand since they have four overt dimensions of space-time, albeit they may also have the other immeasurable and unknowable dimensions in common with the encompassing false vacuum. The bubbles are the reason why it is necessary for the false vacuum to expand. Indeed, it must expand faster than the bubbles. Otherwise, an expanding bubble universe could percolate, that is, spread throughout the all-encompassing false vacuum, so that your multiverse would just become a universe. And where's the fun in that? Anyhow, within such an eternal expanding fluid, bubble universes may nucleate at random points, taking us away from the coffee analogy and back to the beer. Because, of course, it's all about the beer. In bubbleology terms, nucleation is the precursor of inflation. The subplank energy of the non-dimensional false vacuum occasionally suffers a kind of hiccup, perhaps a quantum tunneling event, making the subplank virtual nothingness commence a slow roll down a potential energy hill, whatever the heck that means. At a certain point in that slow roll, the energy shifts from a subplank potentialness into a supraplank actualness. This shift from the subplank to supraplank is thought to be a kind of phase transition from something ephemeral to a new ground state of something lasting and substantial. And that phase transition releases heat, kind of how the phase transition from water to ice releases latent heat. And so, you get the characteristic production of a gargantuan amount of energy out of nothing, which we denizens of our own bubble universe call the Big Bang being the energy that drove an exponential cosmic inflation of our own bubble, that exponential inflation lasting until the energy density within the bubble was cool enough to form matter. And so another bubble of persistent somethingness formed within the eternal beer of nothingness. Good story, huh? But where's the evidence? Well, there is none. But despite the usual criticisms lobbed at string theorists, this is an area where they may offer testable predictions. 
Within a multiverse, one or more collisions with another bubble universe are almost inevitable. Such an event may yet lie in our future, but could equally lie in our past. The fact that we are still here, indicating, anthropically, that such a collision may not be fatal. A collision with another bubble might pass unnoticed if it possessed exactly the same cosmological constant as ours, and its contents were roughly equivalent. The bubble wall collision might appear as a blue shifted circle in the sky. But we could be in trouble if an adjacent universe's bubble wall pushed inwards on a trajectory towards us, and if it moved at the speed of light, we wouldn't see it until it hit. Even if the wall collision was innocuous, we might be in trouble if the adjacent universe was filled with antimatter. It's these kind of factors that determine what we might observe, and whether we might survive such an, albeit hypothetical, event. Again, not Steve Nerlich, but this is Cheap Astronomy. And thanks for that, Durini. In an early draft of this article, I had a tongue-in-cheek statement that subplank physics is the last refuge of the scoundrel. I said this because according to various fringe areas of physics... For example, string theory. There are lots of extra dimensions proposed to exist at subplank scales, which, for example, allow information to travel faster than the speed of light, allow the formation of microscopic black holes, and there's huge scope for stuff to appear out of nowhere, like pulling a rabbit out of a hat, which seems to conflict with the three laws of thermodynamics. All these ideas are proposed to provide theoretical solutions to theoretical problems. And these theories tend to persist unchallenged because none of this hypothetical activity at subplank scales can be measured. The few things we do have evidence about at the moment are some demonstrations of quantum fluctuations, such as the Casimir effect, and another more recent experiment where photons were apparently scattered away from a quantum fluctuation and so persisted rather than engaging in the usual momentary popping in and then popping out of existence that represents quantum fluctuations. There are other theorists who argue that the experimental results such as the Casimir effect could be interpreted in a different way so the outcome is explained without having to appeal to all these unmeasurable extra dimensions and subplank scale activity. Still, there is one piece of evidence that's hard to get around, which is, here we are. We clearly live in an expanding universe, which by inference must surely have begun as something much smaller perhaps so small as to really be a primeval quantum fluctuation. And if this is true, it seems reasonable to assume that these events are regular, routine, natural occurrences, which means that other parallel universes could well be possible. But for now, subplank physics is very much characterised by an ongoing absence of evidence which is not evidence of absence, but it should give you pause to consider the principle of Occam's razor. 
If you find a well-established, evidence-based theory, which indicates how things could occur in just one single four-dimensional universe, and put that up against another theory that has to appeal to extra unmeasurable dimensions and alternate universes, then it should be fairly clear which theory to place your bet on. Or better still, let's just wait until we have more evidence one way or the other. Theoretical physics can be fun, but you need to keep a handle on what could be reasonably assumed as real versus what is just an interesting idea. So, sorry for the monologue, but most of the comments on this article were along these lines. It's just that most of them were written by hardcore physics people who threw a lot of formulae around and they even understood the slow roll down a potential energy hill concept. Ha! Anyway, thanks for listening and see you next week or otherwise next fortnight. It's that PhD thing. Steve Nalick, Cheap Astronomy.